Thanks for listening to another episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. As you probably know by now, Orion is the nation's largest military career placement firm. We find civilian careers for all veterans, including Navy nuclear electronics technicians, nuclear machinist mates, and nuclear electricians, as well as veteran Navy nuclear technicians who have already transitioned but are seeking a career change. Over the past 28 years, Orion has found civilian careers for more than 6,000 Navy nuclear technicians, with nearly 20% of all hires having a nuclear background. Orion has a number of exciting opportunities available for our nation's Navy nuclear personnel. If you have a Navy nuclear background and are about to begin your military transition, our team of veteran recruiters will help you make the transition into the civilian workforce by matching your skills and career goals with the opportunities within some of America's most sought after companies. In today's episode, I'm joined by Chris Dubb, former Navy nuclear engineer and recruiter at Orion. Chris discusses his military background, his post-military career path, and gives advice to fellow nukes. If you have any questions about this podcast, feel free to send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. To learn more about all of our transition resources, including the Navy Nuke Careers page, visit us online at www.oriontalent.com. The specific link to that page will be included in the podcast description. Check it out to see real-life examples of careers and salaries for nukes after leaving the military, testimonials, and more. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Megan. It's good to, good to talk to you again. Definitely. This is your second time on the podcast. This time about something that I know you're very knowledgeable about based on your own background. So um, today we're going to talk a little bit more about careers for Navy nukes. And we actually launched a web page recently, which I will share when we post this podcast, just in case anyone with that background wants to check it out and see some of the resources that are available and how they can work with Orion, some sample careers and things like that. But I wanted to also cover some of that through the podcast. And, you know, you have a background in this area, so you're going to be a great person to talk to about it. So before we get started and talk a little bit more about, you know, what they can expect when transitioning out of the military, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your military career? Uh, so I actually tried to join the Army to uh, start my military career. And then when their recruiters weren't calling me back, I went over to the Navy office and I took the ASVAB with the Navy. And when my scores came back, you know, they came to me and they said, hey, you know, you want to be a nuclear engineer? And, uh, you know, they sold us this big program on how we'd be nuclear engineers when we were done. But uh, realistically, uh, nukes are kind of more similar to the other rates than people think. So, I mean, we're all we're all designated as either mechanics, electricians, or electronics technicians, which they have mm -hmm. those conventional mm -hmm. ratings in the military already. The only difference with, with us is that we do, like, uh, further curriculum in, like, reactor physics, uh, reactor safety, and, like, all the things that do with nuclear power. So that's really, like, the additional thing. But the, the schooling is really rigorous. Uh, there are a lot higher standards as far as like grading and who gets the pass versus the other schools. So it kind of weeds out uh, your weaker technicians on uh, your A school. So I think that's really the major difference between like a, a nuke electrician versus an electrician's mate is just the training program is a lot tougher. So and you, joined, you mentioned it. Oh, sorry. Go I was going to say you mentioned it being rigorous and having higher standards. I think that's why this type of candidate is in such high demand from the employers. Right. So, uh, like, if 
I mean, you could have 99% of an answer correct, and you would get zero points for it because it wasn't 100% correct. So, I mean, they were they, they were pretty stringent because uh, the Navy's had nuclear power now for over 60 years uh, on submarines without ever having, like, an incident. So they're trying to keep their safety record, you know, uh, as mm-hmm. spotless as they can. Um, so I joined in 2009. Uh, I served until 2015. I got out in July of 2015. Um, and I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, so actually, Orion Talent contacted me about a month before I got out and asked me if I wanted to come to a hiring conference in Columbus, Ohio, because that's where I was from. Uh, so they actually flew me up to Columbus, put me in a hotel. I did the two-day hiring conference, and at the end of it, I had three different job offers that I had to choose from. Um, it went pretty well for me, I think. Uh, you know, I, I think the real main advantage of a hiring conference is the preparation day before the actual interview day, because a lot of us, you know, we joined pretty young. So when we're coming off active duty, we've never really uh, applied for any real jobs out there. So I think the preparation day was probably the biggest advantage of that. And then as well as being able to interview with, you know, I think I had six interviews that day. Um, and the first three interviews I did pretty poorly. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't give up and I ended up nailing the last three interviews. So I think I was ranked as like the last place person for three companies and the first place person for three companies. So it's definitely not a given. And, you know, just being a nuke doesn't get you a job. You still have to go through the same process as everyone else. Um, But definitely nukes are in high demand right now because um, civilian clients are really starting to realize what we bring to the table. So what were some of the offers that you had on the table from that conference, um, and, or maybe not even the offers, but what types of jobs were you interviewing for? Because I know you said you weren't really sure what you wanted to do. Obviously, now you're a recruiter at Orion, so um, still <laughs> utilizing the knowledge of that and being able to relate to those types of military candidates, but you're not doing anything technical. So what were some of the positions that you were interviewing for? Were they technical? Yes, absolutely. So I actually interviewed for a biomedical company um, that was really more an electronics technician position. But uh, just being a nuke, they kind of, you know, uh, let you interview for uh, a lot of different positions. So I interviewed for like a biomedical um, company going around fixing their uh, chemical analyzers in labs. Uh, And then I interviewed with a company uh, for an industrial electrician position. And then also there was a traveling position where uh, I would be working on uh, like giant washer dryer facilities for places like Disney World. So like I would have got to learn like hydraulics, pneumatics, and uh, a lot of the mechanical side of things versus just being an electrician. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, a lot of these companies now, uh, because we do get out with a pretty narrow skill set out of the military, um, they have pretty good training programs now to make you more of a multi-skilled professional. Mm-hmm. And you may have already mentioned this, but when you were at the conference, were you interviewing with Orion as well, or was that something that happened afterwards when you, um, you know, maybe didn't think that any of the jobs that you had offers for were really a good fit? Oh, so I actually accepted uh, the biomedical position. Uh, I went to work there for two years. Um, I got headhunted by a different recruiting firm after that to go work for a small company in Texas. So I moved on to Texas. I worked for that biomedical company for two years. And then um, I actually ended up at Orion by chance because I was going for a third job search. And there was really nothing that I was interested in that we had at the time. And then I interviewed for a recruiting position. And I moved from Texas to Virginia Beach for a recruiting position. 
Wow, that's very cool. So when you decided to do that, when you were looking for that third job, did you at that point have already made up your mind that you wanted to pursue something different? No, honestly, um, and to this day, I, I mean, I, I still kind of miss doing technical work and things like that. But uh, I don't, I, I, I didn't mean for it to happen, but I'm glad that it did. Um, I get a lot more job satisfaction out of like helping veterans find jobs and helping them with their transition than I ever did out of fixing a piece of medical equipment. So I think mm -hmm. just, yeah, just by dumb luck, I ended up in a better position for myself. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, you know, circling back to that, just to your background there, what do you think some of the most important skills were that you learned as a nuke? Uh, attention to detail, um, being like, honestly, just showing up on time. Uh, you know, our senior chief always had a rule. If you weren't 15 minutes early, you were late. So, I mean, and like in 2019, these are like little things that a lot of people aren't doing punctuality, politeness, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, um, having attention to detail because you're working in a, you know, a nuclear reactor, uh, things like that. Um, it's like the, the soft skills, I guess, is what you would call them. Um, you know, mm -hmm. being able to work, being able to work both independently and part of a team. So, you know, when you're, when you're standing watch there in the reactor compartment or, uh, the engine compartment, um, you know, you're by yourself, you're responsible for things, but you're also on the phones or the radio, you know, working as a team, you know, doing different maintenances and exercises. So I think, I think communication is definitely a big thing that I brought and it's definitely helped me, uh, you know, when talking with other people and relating back to them uh, and their military experience as well. Yeah. So you mentioned that when you attended the hiring conference through Orion, you ended up accepting a position with the biomedical company. But prior to that, you weren't really sure what you were going to do. Were there any struggles that you faced during the transition process that kind of stand out to you, um, whether it's unique to somebody with a, you know, nuke background or just any military transition? Uh, my biggest struggle was that I did not get started soon enough. I was so busy with, you know, uh, being in the shipyard attached to uh, a submarine. You know, the work schedule and the work life is hectic, and I didn't even take, like, the TAPS class seriously. I did mine online. I just kind of clicked through it. And if it wasn't for Orion, I probably would have ended up uh, starting my job search once I moved back to Ohio. So I'm probably the prime example of what not to do for your transition. Uh, <laughs> but then I have learned uh, a lot of good tips since then. Um, especially with, you know, managing your transition, negotiating salaries, you know, uh, navigating the job market, things like that. So I picked that up kind of after uh, the, <laughs> the transition, which was, uh, so that's what I'm saying, like, just start early, like start six months to a year early uh, if you can. Seems like it worked out, though. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> at least you have that going for you. So what other types of advantages do you think that Navy nukes have over candidates in their job search? Like you mentioned before, you know, just being a Navy nuke doesn't guarantee a job, but we do know that these types of candidates are in high demand. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, it definitely gives you a competitive edge because, you know, they do a really good job of weeding out all of the weaker technicians or weaker students during the training program. So when you're when you're going up for these tests or these advancement exams or you're trying to get promoted, uh, you're basically working with everyone who's equally as smart as you. So it you know it gives you a competitive edge and like a, a drive to work harder than the guy next to you, even if you're 
you know, uh, the same skill level, uh, you can always outwork somebody or find a different way to stand out. So I think that's kind of like a, a hidden trait that Dukes have over other people. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a couple of people who are way ahead of the pack, whereas with the Nukes, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty much uh, already narrowed down to uh, being highly intelligent and successful people. So competing against each other makes it that much harder. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that we had launched that um, page for Navy Nukes, and one of the cool features that we have on that page is a section that it shows some of the recent careers for Navy Nukes through Orion, and it gives kind of just like a general overview what the person's military occupation is, what industry they ended up getting hired into, the location, their salary, and then their job title. And so just to read a couple of these, well, you know, we have a facility engineer that ended up going to work at a data center, $92,000 a year in Washington, D.C., electrical technician, oil and gas, 91000 Houston, Texas. There's an assistant project manager, commercial construction, Baltimore, 78000 So all of that to say, it seems like there's a lot of variety that you could expect if you have this type of background. I mean, there's lots of industries that you can work in. Um, I mentioned three different job titles just right there that maybe you wouldn't have thought about, like, for instance, an assistant project manager. So can you talk a little bit more about the types of jobs that we usually have for this type of candidate? And then also in terms of the salary, the salaries that I just listed, in my opinion, are pretty high. So comparatively, should Navy Nukes expect to have a higher starting salary than maybe people who do not have that background? Um, I would say yes. And probably the minimum I'm, I'm seeing right now is about 70,000. Um, okay. So yeah, it's definitely a little bit different compared to other people. However, I'm like, I, I, I'm not a true believer that a uh, nuclear electrician's mate would be uh, any better suited for a job than a regular electrician's mate. There's a lot of great uh, conventional electrician's mates out there as well. So I think it still comes down to the individual person. But uh, as far as what I've seen, like, um, you know, we've, we placed the Master Chief Nuke coming off of active duty uh, directly into, like, a management role in a data center without any data center experience, just because it correlates so well to what nukes do in their career. Uh, you know, a data center has, you know, two different uh, power grids that are redundant, the same way a submarine reactor plant would or a carrier reactor plant would. So. It's a very similar thing, um, so I think that's why data centers have been so good to nukes. But then also, like I've I placed a nuclear machinist mate into a traveling electrician role, which is pretty counterintuitive because he was a mechanic his whole career. But uh, he wowed them enough in the interview that they knew that he could learn, you know, everything they needed to know uh, through their training program. So they actually hired him on as an electrician. Um, and then you know uh, we have we have people going into project management. We have people going into data analytics. Um, it really is like there's there's really no limit, um, and we kind of do that at the hiring conferences. We don't really limit nukes on what they can interview for. Um, if they want to interview for it, we usually let them, and it usually goes pretty well for everyone. What do you think in terms of um, the candidate pool that we work with for Navy nukes? I mean, do you feel like a lot of times they – feel like maybe they have an easier time finding a job on their own without Orion and because of that do we not work with a lot of Navy nukes or do you feel like you do work with a lot? I would say that we work with quite a few of them and we have a really good success rate with them. Um, I mean it's just so easy for them to find a job 
whether it's through us or without us. But um, especially if you're looking for like, you know, if you're stationed in Seattle and you're looking for a position in Virginia, I'd say an Orion Talent Hiring Conference is like the only way you could really do that. There's not many companies that are going to entertain somebody for a position in Washington, D.C. if they're stationed in San Diego. Whereas if you come to the hiring conference and interview, um, you know, we help you with your travel arrangements and everything to get you over here. You get a face-to-face interview with them. And at that point, you know, they're probably a thousand times more likely to be sold on you than if you were still living across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, are there any misconceptions about Navy nuclear technicians? I don't know if you, if this is just like a random question, but I, I feel like with a lot of candidate pools, there's misconceptions like, well, they can only do this. Like, for instance, you're a recruiter that's not technical in nature. So I'm sure that somebody wouldn't think that someone with your background would become a recruiter. So really, I just want to ask you, do you think there's misconceptions from the candidate's perspective or even from the company's perspective about this type of candidate? Um, honestly, I so I would say maybe five years ago, there was a lot of misconceptions about nukes and um, civilian employers weren't really as friendly to us as they are now. However, uh, they've really opened their mind and, um, you know, they're pretty much open uh, to the fact that, you know, a nuke can pretty much learn anything if you uh, give them, you know, the right information. And then the same, the same thing, though, a lot of times I talk to these nukes and you know, there might be a six and out person that, you know, didn't really excel in their career and they're expecting to make $100,000 right off, you know, right out of the military. And, you know, sometimes that just isn't, you know, what their skill set is for. Mm-hmm. Do you still keep in touch with many people that you were in the military with and, you know, other nukes? And if you, if you do, do you know if they're still in technical fields? Uh, yeah, I keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, actually, a lot of my friends are instructors right now down in Charleston. Um, and then actually, my best friend from, from nuke school is a recruiter in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. So, um and then, yeah, I know a lot of people, like a lot of my, a lot of my friends work at um, the data centers. So a lot of them live in Northern Virginia, uh, working in the data centers. And then a lot of them uh, ended up moving back to their hometown. And most of them are in like uh, a maintenance management position or like an industrial electrician position, things like that. So I'd say probably 90% of them stayed technical, whereas other ones might have gone back to college. Like one of my friends went back to college for uh, finance, and now he actually is like a CPA. So, I mean, definitely all kinds of different things. That's kind of the beauty of the the technical background plus your GI Bill and, you know, and getting whatever degree you want usually opens up a lot of doors for you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, on our website, we have so many different um, profiles of candidates that have found jobs in, in a variety of cities, states, industries, job families. So like you said, just based on the people that you've kept in touch with, it kind of seems indicative of, you really can do anything you want to do, but it gives you a lot of training and even the soft skills that you mentioned earlier that, you know, maybe you're not utilizing your technical skills, but you are utilizing the soft skills that you learned. Absolutely. Do you have any other advice for transitioning nukes? Uh, Start early. Um, Be humble. Don't like, you know, don't immediately demand, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or, you know, whatever you're asking for, um, you know, a recruiter and a company are probably going to know what your skill set is worth a little bit more than you in the civilian world. And that's not to say to undersell yourself or accept a position, you know, 
that you don't want, even though it pays a little less. I'm just saying, like, you, you have to have realistic expectations. If you were a six and out kind of person, you know, you only have four years, really, of hands-on experience. So you're kind of equating your skills to, like, you know, someone that's been an electrician in the civilian world for four years. So um, if you go to work in nuclear power, uh, that's always a lot better. Uh, that's where your nuclear background really excels because, obviously, other people don't have it. But other than nuclear power, um, you know, you just have to be humble, uh, listen to advice, and start early. When one more question I've talked several times about the website that I'll include the link to, but are there any other resources that you have or that you found when you were transitioning specific to nukes that you want to share, like any kind of websites or organizations or anything like that? Uh, yeah, the Navy Nuke Job Finder on Facebook is probably the most, uh, like, probably the be like the most used uh, resource for nukes right now. It's a nukes-only Facebook group that uh, has, like, I don't know, maybe 11,000 members in it of former nukes or transitioning ones. Very good. Well, Chris, thank you very much for the insight. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'll include the link to the site so everyone can come and look at more resources. But thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Megan. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.